Are you ready for God's word, church? I'm thankful to be on this journey with you. We're in week two of our series called Messy, Being a Jesus Community. I just feel pulled for, I'm going to breathe up one more prayer just as we go into this sermon. I, um, I feel a sense of heavy obligation today, and so I want to pray one more time. God, have your way. May we just soak in your holy word together and be transformed. In your name, amen. So we're on this long, slow journey through the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' most famous sermon and really a quite thorough teaching of what it looks like to live as a part of the kingdom of God. I told you the phrase that we would hear over and over again together is this. The way of Jesus is... Let's try it again. The way of Jesus is... Messy. but worth it. And so we continue on this journey, reminding ourselves that Jesus knew it would be messy. Last week, we referenced John 16, 33, where Jesus spoke to his followers, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Jesus knew it would be messy, and yet he promises to be with us the entire way. The apostles knew it would be messy. Last week, we, we cited Paul's words in Galatians 6, 9, when he said, let us not grow weary from doing good. So there's something in there where those who walked with Jesus knew that the way that they were choosing would be messy. But we know that it is worth it. So, we are going to sit a little bit longer in the same text we were in last week. We're going to sit in the Beatitudes together for one more week and just really glean all that Christ has for us in his opening to the Sermon on the Mount. So, let's be shaped and formed by God's word together. Amen, church? I'm going to invite you to stand in honor of reading God's word. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 5, reading verses 1 through 12. Hear the word of our Lord, church. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, 
for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. The word of our Lord. You can be seated. So as a quick review, last week we talked about how the Sermon of the Mount is really Jesus teaching kingdom theology. This is Jesus' moments in front of all of his followers where he finally lays out this ethic of the kingdom of God. This is who we are. This is what we do. This is what we are becoming together. And in his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is being so practical in a lot of ways He's giving us tangible examples of what it looks like to live in this upside-down kingdom. So together today, we are learning the ways of God's upside-down kingdom. Last week, we noticed some themes in the Beatitudes together. We noted that those who live in constant recognition of their need for God are currently and will be blessed. We notice that those who choose to walk the way of Jesus are currently and will be blessed. We also noted that those who endure persecution and fight for peace are currently and will be blessed. And then last week I shared kind of my working, humble definition of the term blessed Because Jesus is definitely not using the word blessed in the traditional capacity. Can I get an amen? (laughs) And so I wonder if Jesus himself was redefining this word. So for me, blessed simply is this choice to follow the way of Jesus by embodying the kingdom of God in the here and now. And when we do that, we are blessed. So maybe you still find yourself here. This is why we're still sitting here, because I kind of still find myself here. Can I be that real with you? Maybe you find yourself saying, but wait, who is really blessed? Because I don't get it. Who is really blessed? Because Jesus, you keep saying blessed are, blessed are, blessed are, and I maybe am just a little bit more confused than before. You know, the Beatitudes really turned everything that we know upside down. I have a picture from the book, What If Jesus Was Serious, which I'm encouraging you to read along with us, to help us. This is one of the best things about that book is he does these fun little doodles. Who is really blessed? On one side we see the kingdom of the world. The world tells us that those who are blessed are the powerful, the rich, the influential, the popular, the strong. But if we're taking Jesus serious in the Beatitudes, the kingdom of heaven says that the overlooked The peaceful, the pure, the meek, the sad, the poor, 
those are the blessed. And somewhere, the church sits in the midst of the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of heaven. And how do we answer who is really blessed? So then and now, the, the kingdom of the world says something very different than the kingdom of God about who is blessed. So Jesus, his teachings, if you read the Gospels, there is this overwhelming sense supporting this ongoing idea of the upside-down kingdom, that everything that you think that culture is telling you is actually upside-down completely in the kingdom of God. Listen to what Jesus taught in Luke chapter 13. This is Luke 13, verses 22. Let me find it. Here it is. Through 30. Jesus said this. Jesus went through the towns and villages, teaching as he went, always pressing on toward Jerusalem. Someone asked him, Lord, Will only a few be saved? What a question, right? And he replied, Work hard to enter the narrow door to God's kingdom. For many will try to enter, but will fail. When the master of the house has locked the door, it will be too late. You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Lord, open the door for us. But he will reply, I don't know you or where you come from. Then you will say, but we ate and drank with you and you taught in our streets. And he will reply, I tell you, I don't know you or where you come from. Get away from me, all you who do evil. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For you will see Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God. But you will be thrown out. And people will come from all over the world, from east and west, north and south, to take their places in the kingdom of God. And note this. Some who seem least important now will be the greatest then. And some who are the greatest now will be the least important then. The word of our Lord. It's humbling, isn't it? I think Jesus is saying simply there, it's not what you think, church. What you expect, what you think I will celebrate, it's not that. You're missing it. What has been valued by humanity is the opposite of what my Father values. And so, church, what do we do with this, right? Because we live day in and day out in culture and church, we must be in culture. Jesus did not call us to have our holy huddles waiting for the rapture to happen. We must be a part of the beauty around us. So how do we live differently? How do we follow the way of Jesus? And so we've been asking this question, who is blessed? I wonder how our hearts would shift if we started here. 
Let's stop trying to be blessed and just aim to be a blessing. Let's stop trying to be blessed and just aim to be a blessing. Let's live into the realities of the kingdom of God now and be blessed as those who bear the way of Jesus, who are persecuted, who mourn, who are sad. We're happy too, but let's be clear. He said those people were blessed. So we live into the way of the kingdom of God in the here and now as those who bear the way of Jesus in our broken world. So maybe together, remember church, I'm sitting right there out there, out, you, out there with you. Who is blessed? Who cares? Right? Who cares? Am I being a blessing as a carrier of the kingdom of God in the here and now? Perhaps the Holy Spirit might begin to shift our thinking there. This is the way I wrote it as I was seeking the Lord for us. This question that I want to live by, does my existence as one who follows the way of Jesus with the people of God shift the world around me just even a touch closer to as it is in heaven? Does my existence in the world, get us even a touch closer to heaven? That's our question. That is blessed. Because being blessed stands apart from circumstances. It is a way of life following the way of Jesus. So you're like, okay, okay, great. Got it. Be a blessing. So this kingdom of heaven thing. We keep hearing this phrase, kingdom of heaven, kingdom of God. And it seems real great. What is Jesus talking about? In the Beatitudes, Jesus twice says that those who are blessed will inherit the kingdom of heaven. Or, or it says that the kingdom of heaven will be theirs. In Matthew 5, 3, Jesus says, the poor, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. In Matthew 5, 10, the persecuted, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. I don't even know what that means, right? So what's it mean? In the book, What If Jesus Was Serious, Sky Jatani provides another fun and thought-provoking sketch for us regarding this very question. So I'm going to put it on the screen. And he uses this sketch to say the kingdom of God is not. And spoiler alert, the answer is E. It is not any of these options. So what are they? Number one, the kingdom of God is not us. I, I mean, the, the local church. BCC, while very awesome, is not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God really isn't even a collection of churches. The kingdom of God isn't the Lord's army. The kingdom of God isn't this place that you go when you die. Well, great. Lord, you just took my legs out from under me on all my arguments. Thank you. For that. 
So let's look at the biblical language. Again, the, the Greek here, when, in the New Living Translation, it chooses the language kingdom of God. Others say kingdom of heaven. For us in the English, this concept of heaven is messy because I don't know about you, but when I think about heaven, I think up there, I think angels, harps, you know, good stuff. And I don't think that's right. I think I got it wrong. And so translations like the NLT, I think, are trying to capture the essence of what Jesus is talking about when he says the kingdom of God. And actually, the, the Greek word is the plural word heavens. So it's more like Jesus is saying the kingdom of the heavens. Isn't that interesting? It's a word that would have been used similar to the way we use the word skies. So like the atmosphere... And another quote from What If Jesus Was Serious I found really helpful in shifting my mind to what is Jesus talking about with the kingdom of heaven. Sky Jatani said this in that book. He said, the air isn't a distant realm. It's all around us. Likewise, Jesus used the word heavens to speak of the non-physical invisible but very present realm where God dwells. So this whole time, perhaps, Jesus is saying the kingdom of God is everywhere. The kingdom of God is here. It's just here. God is here. Another helpful thought was a philosopher who's known for his writings on Christian formation. If you haven't read anything by Dallas Willard, you should. But Dallas Willard defined the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God this way. It's so simple and good. Where what God wants done is done. I receive that. I like that. The kingdom of heaven is where what God wants done is done. Wherever that is happening, the kingdom of God is present. And so that can be all around us. We may not be able to see it, just like I can't see the air, but God is at work among us. And where, God, where what God wants done is done, so the kingdom of God is there. Where God rules and evil is powerless. And Jesus said something that just blows my mind. When I think about Jesus teaching us about the kingdom of heaven and talking about the poor, inheriting the kingdom of heaven, I just get mind blown when he says this. This is Luke 17, verses 20 through 21. One day, the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Valid question. Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. So he's like, guys, you're looking for the wrong things. It's right here. It's, it's at your fingertips. And so here we are. 
Jesus tells us this kingdom of heaven, this kingdom of God where God rules and evil is powerless, where what God once done is done, is possible in the here and now. And doesn't that just make you kind of frustrated because you're like, I don't always see it, Lord. Doesn't seem possible. It seems way harder than that. Through Christ, the kingdom of heaven broke into our world. And the kingdom of heaven is now this new way of life. And it is possible. And Jesus describes this this kingdom of heaven in reality as he's talking us through the Sermon on the Mount. And even there, church, I find myself going, but how? I don't get it. Am I the only one? Look around. Go ahead, look around. Look, look around you. This beautiful, messy gathering of the people of God This is the kingdom of heaven on earth. With all our differences, all of our challenges, united. When we feed the hungry, when we clothe the poor, when we help the orphans and widows, when we love mercy, we do justice. This is the kingdom of heaven on earth. This is a dicey one, church. When we refuse to let our allegiance to a certain political party keep us from voting for or advocating for policies that don't embody the kingdom of heaven ethic. Boy, howdy. This is the kingdom of heaven on earth because we belong to the kingdom political party and none of the ones humans have tried to create fit the mold. (laughs) Talk to the board if you would like to fire me. (laughs) When we do the hard work of relational reconciliation When it's easier to just hide, can I get an amen? When we do the hard work of relational reconciliation, rather than hide from difficult people and circumstances, this is the kingdom of heaven on earth. When we choose day in and day out to be shaped and formed by the way of Jesus, that we actually see in Scripture, not what church culture tells you, but what is actually verified by the way of Jesus, when we choose that over and over and over again rather than the ways of culture, this is the kingdom of heaven on earth. And so this this whole concept, church, of the kingdom of heaven is this really mysterious thing Because there's this sense in scripture where it's like, it's here. And then it's like, but wait, it's not quite. And so this is why we frequently call it the already, not yet, kingdom of God. Are you with me? It's both. 
It's here, and it's not here, but it's here. Got it? Done. And so in this mystery, I think the best thing we can walk away from as we look at the Beatitudes, and it's like this weird upside-down thing that we really can't even make sense of, like, how do I live into this? I think we can simplify it this way. The kingdom of God is here now through the people of God faithfully following the way of Jesus. The kingdom of God is here now through the people of God owning this new kingdom ethic that Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount and letting it reform and reshape every bit of who we are. And guys, Jesus really said it was possible. I got to believe him. Amen? I got to believe him. There's hope in this, church. We don't have to wait for heaven. You know, the good news is absolutely about heaven. Glory, hallelujah, we're going to be there. But you know what? The good news is so much more. Because Jesus keeps saying the goodness of the kingdom of heaven is here now too. And there's, so there's something about this good news, this being a Jesus community following the way of Jesus, that is radically worth it in the here and now, and it's not just about our heavenly promotion. It's about the good things that following the way of Jesus does now. Sounds great, huh? Like, okay, Jesus, sign me up. Anybody else feel a little discouraged? Because you know what? I know I am not capable. I fail, by golly. I am selfish at times. And I miss the mark. And so I am not faithfully bringing the kingdom of God here day in and day out. Anybody want to admit that with me? (laughs) Word. So again, I find myself like, okay, Jesus, but how? This is the thing you're calling us to. How? If the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, is here now through us, how do we live into this? Jesus had a really sobering message for the Pharisees and the religious leaders of the day. So these are the people who thought they had it going on. They thought they were getting it right, and bless their little hearts, they weren't. I want to invite you, this might be weird, but I want to invite you to just close your eyes as I read this to you, and I want you to just kind of place yourself in the Word of God. This is Luke 11, verses 37 through 44. Hear the Word of our Lord. As Jesus was speaking, one of the Pharisees invited him home for a meal. So he went in and took his place at the table. His host was amazed to see that he sat down to eat without first performing the hand-washing ceremony required by Jewish custom. Then the Lord said to him, Oh, church, may we hear this. You Pharisees are so careful to clean the outside of the cup and the dish 
but inside you are filthy, full of greed and wickedness. Fools, didn't God make the inside as well as the outside? So clean the inside by giving gifts to the poor, and you will be clean all over. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you are careful to tithe even the tiniest income from your herb gardens, but you ignore justice and the love of God. You should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. What sorrow awaits you, Pharisees, for you love to sit in the seats of honor in the synagogues and receive respectful greetings as you walk in the marketplaces. Yes, what sorrow awaits you. For you are like hidden graves in the field. People walk over them without knowing the corruption they are stepping on. The word of our Lord. So what was Jesus saying, church? I think once again, Jesus was saying, you're valuing the wrong things. You're caught up in the wrong things. Open your eyes. These are the values of my kingdom. I know you're hearing everybody say that, that I said this, but actually, this is what I mean. This is what it looks like to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth as it is in heaven. Follow my lead. You see, the Pharisees, even though they were the religious teachers, they were caught up in what culture said was worthy. They had an upside-down understanding of what it meant to be blessed. And church, if we're honest, we stand in a space where that temptation is real for us too. But praise God, there is hope. I want to make sure something's really clear because I have a deep conviction that I think is the heart of God. Please do not hear today, world, bad, us, good. No, 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 no. Our posture as bearers of the kingdom of heaven is world beautiful and deeply loved by God. Just broken. Do you hear the difference? World beautiful. God said, it is good. And by golly, I think he meant it. And so we can free ourselves from thinking that we stand off and point our fingers at culture like they've got it all wrong. If it weren't for the good news, we'd be in the same spot. And so we engage humbly. Because here, here is the broken reality that we sit in. I'm going to show another picture, because here's what's really important, church. The only way that we can bring something different to the table is if we're serious 
about being formed in the way of Jesus. We cannot just be people with, you know, Bible bullet points that we just toss around and not be the transformed people of God living the kingdom of God in the here and now. So we have to be mindful of something. Got another picture from What If Jesus Was Serious. This is from the most recent stats. So the average Christian in America attends church two hours a month. And then the average Christian in America is shaped by 150,000 ads per month. And he's named that the scale of formation. And so what we, what I, 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 I bring that up because as we approach the Sermon on the Mount, we cannot expect to be any different if we're not mindful of what is shaping and forming us. If we're not mindful of the things that are constantly coming in. Because the only way that we can have this posture of culture good, beautiful, but broken, is if we are constantly reshaped and reformed by Jesus. If we really want to be the people of God who follow the way of Jesus, bearing the kingdom of God in the here and now, we must recognize the power of formation. We've got to recognize that we are being shaped and formed or deformed every moment of every day. And again, listen, this, the posture is not because the culture is so bad. That's it's their fault. They are ruining me. No, 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 no. The posture is I bear the kingdom of God. And I want to journey with culture in a way that introduces them to the goodness of the kingdom of God. And so our formation, what happens is, is eventually we get bombarded by those 150,000 ads that teach us blessed are the powerful, the best dressed, those of influence. And so we have to continually be formed in the way of Jesus. And this is why this community is important. This is why what we do together as the people of God is important. It's because together we are saying culture, good, beautiful, but broken, and we, as the people of God, bearing the kingdom of God, can show them by journeying with culture a hope-filled way. But if we aren't shaped and formed in the way of Jesus, we just join the stream. I know how that is. I know what that feels like. At the end of the day, Jesus is deeply concerned about the shape of our hearts. One of the Beatitudes, Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart. And the reality is when the heart is good, what comes out is good. When the heart is wicked, 
No image management will take care of it. So together, week after week, we, as the people of God that gather at BCC, we lean into the formation of Jesus. We come here every week, and this is like our, our stance together. We come and we say over and over again, I am being formed into the way of Jesus so that I can go into the good, beautiful, broken world with the goodness of the kingdom of God that others might be able to experience the goodness of the kingdom of God with me. But we have to continue that pattern of being formed. And so we lean into the formation of Jesus and we resist the deformation of culture for the sake of culture, for the love of culture. So if you ever hear me talking bad about culture, somebody tell me to get on my knees and repent. Because God said it is good. Good, beautiful, just broken. And you know, Jenny, Good, beautiful, once very broken. David, good, beautiful, once very broken. Stephanie, good, beautiful, once very broken. And so together, we have this deep conviction that the kingdom of God is here in and through the people of God, living the way of Jesus. And we don't always get it. Can I get an amen? But we continue week after week coming together to say we will be formed in the way of Jesus so that this good thing, this good kingdom of God might go into the good world and show it what it was designed and intended to be all along. Do you notice the posture difference, church? Oh, may God help us. I am so convicted today, church. So convicted. And may we sit with that conviction and let it change us. Amen? I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward and be prepared to lead us into a time of reflection. And I'm going to be honest again with you. I knew this sermon was going to feel messy to me, but following the way of Jesus is messy. (laughs) But I knew it had to be messy. Because the kingdom of God here now, not yet, but here now, but not yet, but here now through us is messy. And so, again and again, we come back to the sacred space together and we are shaped and formed into the way of Jesus. So as Pastor Mark and his team leads us, I feel like the questions on my heart for us are, what do you need today to make sense of this? To make sense of your life being a part of bringing the kingdom of God to earth as it is in heaven. 
Maybe the thing that you're like, oh, I gotta stop worrying about being blessed and I need to focus more on being a blessing. I need to feed the hungry. I need to clothe the poor. I need to do justice and love mercy. I need to notice the orphans and widows around me. Maybe we have to shift some priorities in our life to be aware of what's forming us. No church is perfect, but I believe God designed the rhythm of church for a reason, that we would gather over and over and over again to keep living into his story that we might be transformed. So maybe you'll join me today again, praying this really uncomfortable prayer. Jesus, turn my life upside down. Would you stand with me as we seek the Lord together? If you need to text somebody and tell them you're going to be late for lunch, go ahead. But as we seek the Lord and we make space to do so, may we be richly blessed, church, as we aim to follow the way of Jesus as a community embodying the kingdom of God ethic on earth as it is in heaven. Pastor Bo and I are going to be available down front today for anointing. If you need healing of any kind, we would love to pray with you. But would you join me as we seek God's face, that we might be the physical manifestation of the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven this week. God, come and speak to us in the ways only you can. By your spirit, would you just give us tender, responsive hearts that we might make sense of this holy call to which you have called us and said is possible. You said it is at hand, it is at our fingertips, and so we believe, as messy as it is, that you can use us to bring the kingdom of God here now. We love you, Lord, and we look to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen.